you can live out your MasterChef dream. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Go go it's a little, it's too soon, but your parents will love it. <laughs> or sorry, your kids will love it. <laughs> your parents will Well, love your parents it. did love it. That's they, what I was yeah, trying to say. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. <laughs> I messed kids. up that joke. No. Uh, how are you today? I'm good. You, Thanks for asking. You're watching Slash. How's the weather? Wow, it's so great. You're watching Slash listening to the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. If you couldn't guess from our amazing song intro, we're going flashback to back the future. To the, flashback to the future. I love it. We're talking about the Jeskai deck. What is it called? Uh, Mystic something mystic intellect i think it's mystic, mystic intellect, intellect. Uh, which I, we... I looked back and then i realized we have the french one back there which is intellect, intellect mystique, mystique. Uh, like the x-men superhero apparently yeah so you you've bought this deck you've you've picked it up it's coming to you soon maybe and we're going to do the same thing we did for the sultai deck for the rakdos deck which is quick upgrades how can you get this thing up to speed Quickly and cheaply so that you can play it against real decks and have a chance. Vroom, vroom. That's right. We're going to do this for this deck, and then we'll do it for the Naya deck in the next episode. But before we get into all of that, if you need to pick up this deck, any of the other decks, or any of the singles that we're about to talk about, go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. If you use that affiliate link when you order your magic product, your singles, anything at all, you are supporting game nights, this podcast, all of our content, and if you haven't noticed, there's been a lot lately. Um, it oh, really yeah. does keep the lights on around here, we, and it keeps all of our editors working. You know, Ashlyn, Craig, they've been working a lot to get all this content out the door. Yeah, and we have a bunch of videos. Like, I think it's going to be like nine videos in two weeks or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy amount. We got game nights coming out soon. So you really do help us out when you use that affiliate link. It really does allow us to do all this stuff. Uh, and there's a special promotion going on. That's right. If you go to cardcamecom slash command zone and you uh, buy any sealed product from Commander 2019, you're going to get to unlock some codes on our app, Lifelinker, that change your background to match the deck colors of the Commander decks this year. Yeah, it's the only way to get those codes, the only way to get those backgrounds. It's for a limited time only. Again, only when you order Commander 2019 product. While you're there, also, something cool you can do, especially if you order, you know, if you're going to make like the Kadena deck or the Anya deck or the Savine deck or one of these face Commander decks, they do have the Ultra Pro stuff that is themed for Commander 2019. Ultra Pro, another great sponsor of all of our content. And they really do make the playmat, the deck box, the sleeves that all match all of your stuff so you Aesthetics. can really yeah so you can really have a sweet looking uh battlefield they also do great dice they have the relic tokens 
they have these uh, these cool scroll banners that hang on the wall that yeah. they come out with. They do some yeah, special yeah. stuff occasionally, which is always great. So again, by supporting Ultra Pro, you are supporting all of our content. And the final way to support our show is at Patreon directly, patreon.com slash command zone. And we shout out one lucky patron every single week. And that person this week is, this episode is dedicated, dedicated to, to Dorian Rosen. Dorian. You rock. All right, one final thing before we get All into right. it. GP Vegas, also known as now Magic Fest Las Vegas, is happening August 22nd to the 25th. Josh and I will both be going, and we're doing a lot of cool stuff. We're giving stuff away, as well as appearing and spell slinging with people in the special command zone area they have. They're going to have a commander party, all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah, this uh, GP Magic Fest is focused around the same time as when the commander decks come out so they're doing a bunch of extra commander stuff so if you're gonna be in vegas if you're on the fence about going first of all you should go Mm -hmm. uh, because hang out with us and if you're already going to be there definitely follow us on twitter at command cast at jeff wong at josh lee kwai we're going to be doing a bunch of cool promotions giving a bunch of stuff away and that's going to be the easiest way a to find us and also to find out how you can win the stuff that we're giving away yeah because we we, we might like hide booster packs around the area yeah if you follow our twitter you'll know you might be able to get some of our tokens our play mats uh we have a few of those laying around that we're going to give away so cool see you all in vegas okay jet sky flashback quick upgrades the rules again we're gonna put 10 cards in we're gonna take 10 cards out but the total budget of all the cards we add in it has to be about 25 dollars mm-hmm. we're not gonna have like a hard cap but we're not gonna go into like the 30 35 dollar range we're gonna we try and, we, yeah it needs to be affordable for as well <laughs> yeah we want you to be able to buy this deck quickly add a few cards and get it up to speed so um, we're also not really going to change the mana base as a result. Obviously, you could put in the shocks, the fetches, things like that if you have them. But the the mana base in all these, they work pretty good as is. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. The deck will play. Yep. Uh, okay, let's talk about the new commanders in the deck. Let's let's read them. All right. The front of the box commander is Savin the Chronoclasm. Two, a blue, red, and a white. That's Jeskai. For a legendary human wizard, it's a 2-2. Two, two. Prevent all damage that will be dealt to Savin. And whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery spell from your graveyard each turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. So, Savin, um, pretty interesting that prevent all damage that will be dealt to him is something you don't see typically on commander cards. Uh, and neither is direct damage, something that you see too often in commander compared to just straight removal. Yeah. The second text is really where it's at, where you get to double any spell you cast from your instant or sorcery. So the first your, one each turn. So your flashback spells, basically fork, your retrace spells, things like that. And there are a number of them in the deck. The second commander is Elsha of the Infinite, our preview card. Two, a blue, a red, and a white for a 3-3 Jin Monk legendary. Of course, has prowess and says you may look at the top card of your library anytime. And you may cast the top card of your library if it's a non-creature, non-land card. Mm-hmm. And you may cast it as though it had flash. So this is a variation on future sight. Bolus Citadel is a new one that's right. kind of similar. You can play the top card of your library, but it has some restrictions. It has to be a non-creature, non-land. But it does give you the bonus of if it is a non-creature, non-land, you can play it with flash speed. So Yeah, and it cool. gives her prowess trigger as well. Yep. So pretty good. Uh, the last legendary commander that is in the full Jeskai colors is Pramacon, Sky Rampart. It's just Jeskai, so three mana total, for a 1-5 creature wall flying defender. As Pramacon enters the battlefield, choose left or right. Each opponent may only attack only the nearest opponent in the chosen direction and Planeswalker is controlled by that opponent. So you've seen this sort of effect before where it says, hey, I want combat to go specifically one direction or the other. If I'm sitting at the table, I can only attack Josh. Now, if you say right, I can't attack the person that's sitting in front of me. Um, It's a bit of a headache. 
uh, it definitely changes the pace of the game and also a lot of the politicking can do as well because you can't just be like, well, this person's going to die to X. Well, that person can't even attack them anymore. Yeah, it definitely... I think in general, you could broadly say that it, it lengthens the game, those type of yeah, effects. Totally. Yeah, totally. Uh, the Our last, favorite. <laughs> yeah, the last legendary creature in the deck, uh, you cannot run as the commander of the deck right out of the box because he's only two colors. It's Gerard, Weatherlight Hero, Two, a red and a white for a 3-3 three, three. legendary human soldier has first strike. Says when Gerard dies, exile it and return it to the battlefield. All artifact and creature cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn. Hmm. So if Gerard dies with a bunch of other stuff, like in a board wipe or something, he'll go into exile. And if it's your, your commander, you can then put it in the command zone. But all the other stuff that died that same turn will come back. Also, you can control this by sacrificing things and... Yeah. and, and there are some uh, we talked about in the breaking down new the new C nineteen commanders episode uh, some cool combos with Gerard but can't be run as a commander in this deck so nope. people yeah. want to make eggs decks out of him yep. so basically throw it on bin throw it all back lots of shenanigans keep value. doing that it's Boros too so hey let's look at the deck in terms of stats 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 we're in the like a windy kind of Ferris Bueller at the end there. Mm-hmm. Bow, bow. Bow, bow. All right, so there ba-dang, are... Ba-dang, ba-dang, that was the Seinfeld <laughs> intro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, so there are 10 ramp cards in the deck. There are 8 to 9 card draw cards. It, we say 8 to 9 because there's some looting, there's some cantrips. You kind of yeah. like, you, you give half credit for some of that stuff and you get to around 8 or 9. There are 4 board wipes, 5 single target removal spells, which is... A little on the low end for these precons. There's they've usually been pushing like nine. I think to one 10. had thirteen yeah. or something, but yeah. So that's a little low. But you made a good point uh, when we were doing the reveal videos that maybe the single target removal is a little low because a lot of it is reusable. You can use it twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In this deck specifically. Yeah, which I think is is smart and a good way to look at it, and does improve that number a little. I think these numbers. They almost look right in line with what we always suggest. We're usually like 10, 10, 5, 5. So yeah. I, I do like to run more single target removal than the old days when we were used to recommend 5. I think I think closer to 10 is probably more correct now, maybe 8 to 9. Just more, it must remove things on the battlefield these days. Yeah. Uh, but this looks almost perfect as far as the amount of those categories you would want. Um, okay, now let's look at the stats in relation to who you should run as the commander. So we always like to say, oh, what are these... These three commanders, really, Pramacon, Elsha, and Savine, trying to do, and what does the deck and what effects it has in it tell us as far as who you should be running as the commander? So, you want to go through those? Yeah, so we have a lot of cards that care about the graveyard, obviously because of Savine, but also because the sort of spell that works with it has flashback, retrace, and all that stuff. So, cards that have flashback can be cast from the graveyard, 22 of them, which is, again, if you're going to build around the synergy, we recommend around 20 to 24-ish cards that are in that world. Uh, cards that say cast from your graveyard, or if you do this, then you get X benefit, including Savin. Uh, six of those. There are 14 spells matter cards. So cards like Gutter Snipe, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, it's going to deal damage to every opponent. And there are 40 non-creature spells, which is a lot, by the way. Almost no creatures in this deck. And 27 instants and sorceries. So looking at this, I think of all the decks, this is the only one where we're going to say, hey, out of the box you should probably run Elsha as the commander. I think that's yeah. the most... You're going to have the most success. That's going to be the most powerful. Because, yeah, 22 cards that either flashback, flashback or retrace or can be cast from the graveyard is a decent amount for Savine. It's not 
as many as 40 non-creature spells that Elsha can ha- have access right. to. And, and Savine also can't... There's no way to, like, dump cards in your graveyard to superpower Savine out as well. Yeah, there's a couple, like, Faithless Looting and things like that, but there's not a, a lot of self-mill. And then... That's just slower to get online and less reliable than the card advantage, I think, right. that Elsha gives you. So I think Elsha is just going to be a smoother game overall and is going to have just sort of more higher average power. Whereas Savine could definitely go off, cast something, you fork it, you know, but it's just on your average case scenario, I think, doesn't do as much. Yeah. I don't think Pramicon is really even in the conversation because <laughs> no. there's there's literally not a card I can find in the deck that really takes advantage of the the direction you're going with yeah, combat. Yeah, who your who your opponents are attacking or what. So I'll also say Savin, you it's if you were to build Savin, it's gonna be very powerful, maybe yes. more powerful than Elsha, but Elsha just by herself is going to be much better and more fun, I think, overall in the deck. Okay, so Elsha. We're running this as an Elsha deck now. Keep that in mind moving forward. We're going to talk about the best cards in the deck. Jimmy, you mentioned one just a second ago. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. It's our boy. He's a goblin. No wonder it's the best. It's Gutter Snipe. <laughs> Duh. Two and a red for a 2-2. Two, two and Gutter Snipe. Wait, I mean, things have been my... Oh, she has a boy or a girl. Who knows? I always misgender these cards. But Gutter Snipe is definitely a menace. That's his gender. <laughs> it's a 2-2. Two, two. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, Gutter Snipe deals two damage to each opponent. So this adds up very quickly, as it always does. Each opponent, not yourself... And if you, especially if you're chaining together a lot of things, flashing them back, you're going to be casting multiple spells a turn. And look, six damage to everyone at the table may seem insignificant on turn one, but by turn three or four when you're doing it, everyone's going to get very, very low in life. And the way that Elsha works, you're playing the top card of your library. If that's an instant or sorcery, then you do that again, do that again. It's free cards plus a free damage. Yep, Just... especially if you're doing it on other people's turns. Yep. Uh, the next best card in the deck is Jace's Sanctum. Three and a blue for an enchantment. Instant and sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast. There are, again, 27 instants and sorceries in the deck, so a high amount. It also says, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, scry one. Hey, that works so well. Very well with Elsha because you care about what the top card of your library is because if it's a not, if it's a creature or a land, you can't use it. So you want to get past those mm-hmm. often. So every time you cast an instant or sorcery, you're filtering the top of your deck and kind of setting what you want there. Yep. Another great card in the deck, just great card in general, is Ghostly Prison, two in the white. It's an enchantment. Creatures can't attack you unless their controller pays two mana for each creature they control that's attacking you. So... Obviously, if you have 40 non-creature spells in this deck, you are going to be facing down actual creatures. Ghostly Prison is just one of the few ways that you can stop that from happening outside of, like, threat of activation. Like, I'm going to remove it if you do this kind of thing. Yeah, and one of the things I think we both found when playing the deck was it had a tendency to get off to slow starts. It yeah, didn't, very slow. Everybody else would have board, be doing things, and this deck is, like, spinning its wheels, casting some cantripy type spells, you know, that don't do much. And in the early turns, it can be very easy that you cast Elsha, and that's your first non-land thing that you've played in the game. Yeah. Which feels bad when the Naya deck is coming at you with, like, four Rhinos. Yeah, Gary comes out with a Rhino. Uh, Anya's on turn three already tapping and discarding and yeah. drawing a bunch. So, and then the Morph deck's just putting out free Morphs, and they can often have, like, four or five creatures by the time you've played yeah. much. And so... That's one of the most important things in the deck is getting out something to deter early aggression that allows you to survive until the later game where you will be, you'll start to come into your own and be more powerful. This is interesting. You think this is one of the best cards in the deck? Yeah, and I think that because of this reason. So it's Bloodthirsty Blade. It's one of the new cards from Commander 2019. It's two mana for an artifact equipment. It says equipped creature has or gets plus two plus oh and is goaded. Goad means that the creature attacks each combat if able and attacks a player other than you if able. 
and it costs one mana to attach Bloodthirsty Blade to target creature and opponent controls. You can only activate this ability as a sorcery. It's pretty cheap one mana to throw it on something else, and then that thing has to point somewhere else. And that's why I think it's one of the best cards in this deck, because specifically the way that the strategy of the deck lines up, you don't have a lot to do early. You're scared of that early aggression stuff. And this basically, if you think about it, blanks the best creature on the board every turn. Cause right. Like for one mana, almost. Yeah, for one mana, you put it on whatever the best creature is. It can attack you, and it has to attack somebody else, which, A, causes a little bit of consternation between the other players, mm-hmm. but also it can't attack you. And then somebody plays something that's better than that creature for one mana the next turn, Whoop. you slide it over. So I really do think it thwarts aggression fairly well. And because it can be played before Elsha comes out, now you're in a better position when you do finally play your commander and start getting your value engine rolling. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up being one of the sleeper hits of the set. It's, it's pretty- just... Equipping for one. Yeah. Anytime something equips for one, you have to pay a little more attention to it. It's amazing how it screws up the game. Every time it comes out, it's like, oh, "Oh, the plans are totally changed. Because not only the player that gets the blade put onto their creature has to do something they don't want to do, possibly. Attack somebody they don't want to attack. Or maybe they don't want to attack at all. But also it causes the other players to be like, oh, crap, they're going to attack with that thing, and it's yeah. going to be either me or this person because it's not going to be that person. So it really does screw up the game in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, especially if those, they have, like, attack triggers and things that happen that are very powerful. You can um, also put it on small creatures so they have to suicide it in, too. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say early on in the game, if you throw this, if you're playing in the four-player group, putting it on the Katina player, yep. like, let's see what the morph is. <laughs> let's go. Let's party. Um, next up, we are going to talk about some of the notable reprints in the deck, so a little bit of value you can get if you purchase this pre-con. Clever Impersonator, uh, one of my favorite clones, two blue-blue for a 0-0 shapeshifter, and you may have Clever Impersonator in the battlefield as a copy of any non-line permanent on the battlefield. So he's obviously going to be a good copy of an enchantment, an artifact, mm-hmm. any a planeswalker. Not many clones can do that. Yeah, that's what's really great is the versatility around it. You and the copy. price is going up as well. Uh, the Planeswalker in the deck, we got a Planeswalker in, a reprint in each deck this year. It's Ral Zarek, two, a blue, and a red for a four-loyalty Planeswalker. You can plus one to tap target permanent and then untap another target permanent. Negative two, Ral Lightning Bolts something, deals three damage to any target. Pretty nice. And the negative seven is flip five coins, take an extra turn after this one for each coin that comes up heads. That pretty much wins, you know most of the time when yeah. you use it. so Definitely most of the time. Yeah. I mean, I mean you average, five chances to get an extra right. turn. You average two and a half extra turns out of that, which is expropriate levels of broken. But you have to get to ultimate, so yeah. we're not worried about too much. Yeah, but Ralz Eric, again, very good utility card. Just even untapping your own mana rocks is very, very handy. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. same same sort of thing actually accomplishes the Bloodthirsty Blade Ghostly Prison thing a little bit. Where you a little bit. You can shield down somebody else, shields too. down, yeah. yeah. All right, River Kelpie is the last noble reprint we're going to talk about here. Oh, and Ghostly Prison, but that we already mentioned it. So River Kelpie, three blue-blue for a 3-3 creature beast. Whenever River Kelpie or another permanent enters the battlefield from a graveyard, draw a card. So this is a unilateral effect. It can affect everyone. Or if anyone has something come out of the graveyard, you draw a card. Uh, Whenever a player casts a spell from a graveyard, draw a card, which is the more relevant text here. And persist. So when this creature dies, if it has no minus one, minus one counters on it, it comes back to the battlefield with a minus one, minus one counter on it, and then it's going to trigger itself, draw a card, and get you a lot of value. If someone else is playing with graveyard shenanigans, like the Anya deck or something, then you're going to get cards off of that. Whenever you're casting stuff out of graveyard again, cards, River Kelpie is, you, you'll probably get three to four cards out of it throughout the duration of its lifespan. Life's- Life, lifespan lifespan yeah yeah it's a very good card of the deck because of the flashback and then you get incidental value just around the table yeah and and like you said ghostly prison another good reprint this is four cards that were in the six to seven dollar range before the 
full deck lists were revealed. So mm-hmm. I, I know a little. Uh, there's a lot of talk out there. People are a little upset about the reprint value. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about reprint yeah, value. I think, the, you know, part of the issue is that they did give pretty good total value as far as reprints, but people were really looking for that one big yeah, reprint. Yeah, the individual, like, it could have been a Fetchland or an Oracle of Moldiah. Yeah. Uh, but instead, they sort of spread the value out. And, I mean... I'm going to go on a small rant okay, here. Go. Commander products are for new players. And one of the most exciting things when you're a new player is building your collection. And you're not going to want to waste all of your collection on just things that are like, you know, 10 cents and then one $20 card. So I think if you're buying commander product, you are going to be more likely in the new player area. And doing that and having a value spread across cards may actually be more beneficial over time because you're going to expand those cards into different decks. And none of them, you know, sure, you can count them as bulk rares, but a lot of them are like, there are 20 cards over $2, I think, in one of the decks I looked at. So like those are all cards that are very playable and very usable and you will see a lot of use out of them especially if you're a new player starting the collection and rent over there you go <laughs> <laughs> all right the approximate reprint value in the deck is about what or was about 77 dollars before it was revealed obviously the prices have dropped now that people yeah. know about the reprints but i think it's fair to say that if you get the value that you would have got if they didn't reprint it that's kind of the value you're getting does yeah. that make sense yeah, yeah yeah and like i would still say you're about like 15 to 20 of those cards are going to be over the $1 to $2 range. So they're not insignificant. They're not all just like, oh, look at all these 70-cent cards that added up to. I mean, look at this one. There's four cards that were about 6 to $7. So yeah. I, I think that's reasonable. Is it the most amazing value of all time? Maybe not. But I Maybe think it's not. pretty reasonable. It's pretty good for the price tag for the pre-con. Yeah. Okay. And hopefully the thing you want to get reprinted will get reprinted somewhere else. I know. It's been but happening I mean, a lot. We've had be- Modern Horizons. We've had so many supplementary products. They're Battle Bond. Like they'll, they'll find a way to get stuff out there. I mean, to be fair to everybody out there, they are pretty bad about getting a lot of things reprinted, though. We get a couple, a little, like, they throw us a crumb here and there. But yeah. in general, the list of things we want reprinted is long, and it feels like sometimes they don't take the opportunities to reprint them. I don't think the Commander product is a place to put $30 cards, though. It, the 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 downside of doing that is pretty high in that people will grab those decks and yep. just sell the singles to make the money, and then new players can't get a hold of them. Yeah, Crick right now is causing that exact same thing to happen. New Commander, it may sell out that deck. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're going to talk about which 10 cards to add and which 10 cards to take out of this deck to quickly get it up to speed. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now... All you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, we're back. 
Let's move on to talking about the 10 cards you would take. The fun take. part. The fun part? Yeah, definitely the fun part. 10 cards we would take out of the deck, but more importantly, what 10 cards we would put back in. And remember, we have a total budget for this exercise. It's around 25-ish dollars. We're not going to try and push it past that because we want to make it affordable. If you're, again, a new player or a player that is interested in this pre-con to buy it, just have a few additions putting it uh, to put in there, and then boom, the deck is going to be cruising and do a much better afterwards. Okay, so the first card, I would recommend picking it up. Maybe go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone soon because it's been on the move. At the moment we're talking about this, it's about $5. But mm -hmm. because of this deck, it that price is pushing up a little bit. So we can only do it based on the price right now. Yep. Um, it's Soothsaying. It's one blue for an enchantment. We talked about it on the on the preview card video. It's three blue blue. Uh, activated ability is shuffle your library, or you can pay X and look at the top X cards of your library and put them back in any order. Obviously, this just allows you to rearrange the top of your library for Elsha. Um, one thing that was tough when doing the upgrades for this deck is that a lot of the cards that we would naturally say on the show are just way too expensive mm -hmm. for this exercise. Like Sensei's Divine, yeah, Scroll yeah. Rack, that kind of stuff is just, those are like. 30, 40, $50 cards by themselves. Soothsaying is a reasonable approximation of that effect for somewhere around $5. And if you don't have the money to buy fetch lands, which are great in these sorts of decks because you can shuffle away cards you don't want, now you can actually do that with Soothsaying. And the best part about it, it costs one blue to cast. Yes. It's a very cheap enchantment. You get it out early, and even early in the game, I need to draw lands or I have enough lands, you yeah. can just use it if you're not using your mana otherwise to smooth out your draws. Yep. Um, another card that's, this, this one's always been a budget version of Sensei's Divining Top. Yeah, that's also really efficient. Crystal yep. Ball, it costs three for an artifact, but hey, hold on. You can pay one and tap it to scrap Scry 2, which is so much better than Scry 1, I can't even explain how much better Scry 2 is than Scry 1. Scry is one of those things where Scry 1 is good, Scry 2 is better, Scry 3 is even Scry better. Scry 3 is almost like drawing a card. Yeah, and Scry 4, 5, and at that point, it's just like, okay, we, we get it, you're, you're looking. <laughs> well, now you know what the rest of the game looks like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Crystal Ball, though, really good in this deck. Again, you are able to, for a very cheap price, pay one mana, tap it, and then Scry 2, and you can put those cards on the bottom of your library, which Top doesn't actually allow you to do. Yeah, that's true. You don't ever get stuck with cards you don't want. Yeah. And again, with Elsha, it just allows you to very much control what's there uh, so that you can get the maximum value from her. Imagine Crystal Ball and Top, though. Ooh, oh, now we're ooh, going to town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the next card is a Legacy Staple, a very cheap card. It's Brainstorm. One blue for an instant. Draw three cards, then put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order. This is just very good with Elsha. Brainstorm is a card we've talked about in the past as like overrated. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people play it in decks where it's like not actually that good. Yeah, they just want to draw the cards. And, and they just know it's a powerful card in, you know, Legacy, which is in some ways similar to Commander. Yeah. But this is good in this deck, and I do like to run it in decks where it's good because even if Elsha's not out, it's a good card to have early in the game to just make sure that you, again, hit your land drops. Or just think, you started with an opening hand that has Brainstorm, you draw your card, you have no ramp, you cast Brainstorm, and the third card down is a Signet. You wouldn't have drawn that signet for like a couple more turns, but now you get to draw it and play it mm -hmm. on turn two, and that's such a huge difference in the game for you. Yeah, that, that's one of the reasons I like having brainstorm in my my deck. Never mind that when I draw it on turn seven and Elsha's out, I can put something from my hand on top of my library, cast it with flash speed. Yeah, typically when you cast Brainstorm, you're using a card to draw three cards, and then you're putting two cards back, so you're actually only doing a one-for-one one there, but because of Elsha, what the cards you put back on top of your library are also a part of your hand, so it's actually a more efficient spell in that regard, too. Yeah, you can put two cheap cards there, and mm -hmm. then cast them both with Elsha, so you kind of did draw three. Yeah, that's Spicy. pretty cool. Um, 
Yeah, the next one is a commander that I ran in the brawl episode with Cedric and Emma. That's right, Rao Storm Conduit, two a blue and a red for a legendary. Was that plates. the lightning? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was that or the transformer sound. Yeah. <laughs> it's a four loyalty, four mana. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, Rao deals one damage to target opponent or planeswalker, and is plus two. Scry one. And is minus two when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell. Copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. So anytime you cast a spell, an instant or sorcery, you're going to deal some damage. You can minus two them to get the additional copying of it. And then, boom, you're going to deal that damage and then copy the spell. And just being able to scry one at a plus two is really good. And the four loyalty commander that comes out, or a planeswalker that comes out, and then you can plus two it to a six. That's pretty good. It, very high likelihood it lives, mm-hmm. and now you can use the other ability at some point, which is very powerful to be able to fork something once or twice. And the scry is very relevant to you, so I, I do like this card. Yeah. I'm usually t- sort of down on Planeswalkers and Commander, but this one feels good. It's really cheap, too. Uh, here's a pet card we talk, we've talk. we talked about a lot, I feel like, recently on the show. It's Jeskai Ascendancy. It's the fair paradox engine. It's Avengers Assemble, dude. Look at this. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, they're... <laughs> Everyone's doing their thing. Uh, it's blue, red, and white. Three mana total for an enchantment. It says, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, creatures you control get plus one, plus one until un- end of turn. Untap those creatures. And then it says, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. So usually Jeskai Sensi is known for its sort of wacky, I was going to say shenanigans. Mm-hmm. It's it's wacky shenanigans with mana dorks. So if you have Birds of Paradise, Landmore Elves, stuff that taps for mana, you can kind of do the Paradox Engine thing where you cast something, untap all the mana dorks, tap them again for mana, cast yeah. something, do that over and over. This deck's not going to do that. So this is kind of a fair usage of Jeskai Ascendancy, but I still think it's very much worth it because of that second part, the looting. Yeah, looting's really big in a deck with flashback spells. And in a deck that has... You're playing the top card of your library, so you need to make sure that top card of your library is a non-creature, non-land as mm-hmm. much as possible. So imagine Jeskai Ascendancy is out. You look. It's a non-creature, non-land. You cast it. Now, with the trigger for Jeskai Ascendancy of whether you want to loot on the stack, you look at the top card of your library. If it's a non-creature, non-land, you just leave it there. Don't loot. Right. If it's a land or a creature, you loot it away, and now you have a better chance of finding a non-creature, non-land on top. Ah, very clever. That's true. Also, you get two sort of prowess triggers for Elsha, so she gets... Plus two, plus two. Bigger and bigger with every spell, yeah. So if you cast three spells, all of a sudden, she's going to be like a 9-9. Pretty scary. You might even commander damage somebody out. I know you don't expect me to say something like that, but... You'll do some damage. <laughs> this combined with a gutter snipe is going to do a lot of damage. That's where we'll get to. And looting is just good in general if you have too many lands in hand. Yeah. Or like you said, you have flashback spells. In general, you just want to loot. So And uh, this deck has a lot of things it wants in the graveyard, so yeah. good call there. Ah, another friend from a Game Nights episode. It's Kaikar Wins Fury. Now, we didn't get to see Kaikar go off, but it doesn't mean that it's not a good card still. It's actually very good in this deck because yeah. it's one blue, red, and a white for a 3-3 legendary bird wizard. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying, and, of course, you can sacrifice any spirits to add a red mana to your mana pool. So that may not be as relevant unless you can have Kaikar out for a long time and make a lot of spirits, but it's icing on the cake. You get to make tokens with all your spells. It's a pretty efficient creature, and it's also a 3-3 flyer, so you can smack someone in the air with it. And there are a couple of other ways to make spirits in the deck. I do think being able to sack them for red could be relevant. Just give you that one or two extra mana maybe you need to cast something big. Uh, It can make a big difference. Yeah, so I think the value is just there. And again, it's a four-drop comes out before Elsha. And honestly, like one of the things when I was 
you know, figuring out what cards to add was I just wanted to find low CMC stuff so I have something to do because it felt like when yeah. you play the deck, you're often just not putting things on the board or really affecting anything until Elsha comes out. Yeah, there are actually a lot of high CMC cards in all of these pre-cons. That might be my main complaint. But it gives you some place to uh, to upgrade them. to Exactly. Yeah, exactly. To listen to this episode. Okay, so... The next thing about the deck, and this is really this next section, is don't get overrun. Don't get run over. The deck's biggest issue, again, is slow starts. And so something I wanted more of in the deck was stuff like Ghostly Prison. Some mm-hmm. way to just thwart early aggression so that I have time to set up my value engine and really start chugging. Uh, the first one is Curse of Opulence. <laughs> it's one red for an enchantment or a curse. This is a DJ favorite. It uh, says Enchant Player. Whenever Enchanted Player is attacked... Create a colorless artifact token named gold. It has sacrifice to this artifact. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Each opponent attacking that player does the same. So if I put it on Jimmy, if I attack Jimmy, I get a gold. If DJ attacks Jimmy, DJ gets a gold and I get a gold. Hey, well, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Why am I cursed? So this does thwart aggression at you because it encourages aggression against another player. I like it for one red mana yeah. to slap on somebody. And then the Craigs of the world, of course, are going to be like, well, I, I want the gold, so I'll attack that person. I don't yeah. really care who I'm attacking. I just need to attack someone and, you know sick on them so that i can really gold is very attractive yeah i'll just say that much and especially if you're getting even more gold and then all of a sudden you have extra mana to sacrifice at any time to cast instances and sorceries seems pretty good get elsh out earlier get your value engine rolling faster yeah yeah uh we talked about ghostly prison earlier turns out there's another enchantment in blue that doesn't it's propaganda it's two in the blue and then says creatures can't attack you unless your control plays two for each creature they control that's attacking you so just another way to throw early aggression. Uh, very great card. Unfortunately, this one is slightly on the higher side because it is a very good card. Yeah, it's about $10. And honestly, I kept some of the other cards cheaper so that I could fit propaganda because I do think that that's that important to the deck. And it will be a card that you will play in many, many decks yes. should you not continue with Elsha in the future. That's a really good point. Something like propaganda is a pretty good investment for... Yeah. You're going to use it. You're, you're going, going to use to, it yeah. somewhere, yeah. The next one is a board wipe that... Uh, have you played with this at all? I've played with it in a couple decks now, and I think it's yeah. better than we originally thought. So it's Tragic Arrogance. It's three white-white for a sorcery. It says, for each player, you choose from among the permanents that player controls an artifact, a creature, an enchantment, and a planeswalker. Then each player sacrifices all other non-land permanents he or she controls. So you get to choose. There are some other board wipes mm-hmm. out there where the each player gets to choose their own stuff that they keep. This one I like because you're choosing what they keep. You're going to keep Elsha. You're a low creature deck, so in general, you're not going to lose a lot of stuff when you cast this. Also, you're pretty well spread between artifacts, enchantments, and those kind of things, so you're likely to only have like one of each. Mm-hmm. And then other players, you can just hose them. Like uh, You get to keep your Sapperling. That's it. Uh, you know, if you're a token deck, yeah. your worst artifact, your worst enchantment. A lot of times, it, when the player gets to choose it, they're like, well, I have an artifact creature, so that's going to satisfy two of the things. Yeah. I don't need to sacrifice as much. So this is nice. Um, and at the very least, you're right. Elsha is very much a standby my self kind of commander and this is a very good board wipe all right and the last card in the deck i cheated a little jimmy i'm sorry oh you you did it this is the boring but necessary category because this deck isn't doing much in the early turns i was like well what can it do and one of the obvious things is ramp yeah and so none of the signets are in the deck so either the boris azorius is it signet all those would be fine or wayfarer's bobble which is another early signet-like card. It gets an extra land into play. Yeah. It's a colorless artifact. It's rampant growth, but for colorless. Yeah. The, I would put 
all of those, one of those, however many of those you have access to, they're pretty cheap, between 80 cents and a dollar. That's my last card in the deck. One of those. One of those? What about all three? Sure. You'd have to, <laughs> you're going to have to figure out a couple extra cards to take out because we're only going to talk about 10, but well, you could definitely... What cards would you take out, Josh? All right. So let's talk about the cards we would take out in the deck. Um, that it, I thought it stuck to the chair, but it didn't. Oh, my. If that had happened that again, that would be incredible. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's talk about this one. It's sure. an interesting card. I, th- I like this card, but I, st- I don't think it belongs in this deck. I think so, too. I can't wait to talk about this on our set review. It's Dockside Extortionist, one in a red for a goblin pirate, finally. I don't know if there are many others. One, two. Uh, when Dockside Extortionist enters the battlefield, create X treasure tokens, where X is the number of artifacts and enchantments your opponents control. So this is a great way for uh, a, a red deck, specifically a mono-red deck or a Boros deck, to get a bunch of treasure out of nowhere, uh, especially if your opponents are running like brooding clad type decks or just have a lot of mana rocks on their own for two man you get a bunch of treasures uh but doesn't seem too great in an environment that it you you will find i would rather play a signet <laughs> that's all i'll say i mean you got to know your meta so if there are some big artifact decks then mm-hmm. i would play it in this meta there's no artifact deck yeah in the pre-cons and so for right now i would say like that card is just not likely to do very good. I also would want to be able to reuse it, blink it or something like that, recur it from my graveyard, you know, set it up in some way. And this deck just doesn't have any way to particularly take advantage of it. And so there's going to be some times where it's just like, a two mana one two that makes one treasure, which I don't think is good enough. Yeah, yeah. But Obviously, it, it can be better. And enchantments. Yeah. So I think in regular games and depending on your play group, this could have a huge impact. Yeah, I I don't think it's totally defensible to keep it in. I just don't think. The the average use case is just hard to tell for me right now. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Empowered Auto Generator. I do not like this card at all. It's four <laughs> mana so for bad. an artifact. It comes into the battlefield tapped, but you can pay one, or sorry, you can tap it and put a charge counter on it. And then you can also, or and then you add X mana of any one color where X is the number of charge counters on Empowered Auto Generator. So it's four mana, comes in tapped. On your turn five, it untaps. You tap it, put a charge counter on it, it gives you one mana. Next Ugh. turn, you tap it, you put a charge counter on it, it gives you two mana. Four, still, we're not we're not happy with that, right? Yeah. Third turn, this is turn, what, five, six, seven? Seven. Seven. You tap it, it gives you three mana and puts a charge counter on it. So it's a Thran Dynamo by its third use. Yeah. That came into Battlefield tapped. And then by its fourth use, you're actually better than a friend, friend Dynamo, right? I guess it's a Gilded Lotus. It's a Gilded Lotus, yeah. It, but, you know, I'd rather just play Gilded Lotus at five instead of having to do this. Now, if you're in a deck that proliferates a ton, messes with counters, adds them, subtracts them, maybe it's better. It still enters the battlefield tapped. The point of ramp is to get stuff out on the battlefield faster. Mm-hmm. This ramp is so slow to get going that by the time you get there, you already could play big stuff, right? Like... I just don't like it that much. Yeah, four mana rock that taps for one on five is... Uh, no now, thanks. Yeah, if you can untap it a bunch of times or if you you can play with counters, then maybe we'll talk. Mm-hmm. All right, next one is Purify the Grave. It's just one white for an instant. You can exile target card from a graveyard and you can flash it back for also one white mana. So it's two cards from graveyards. Uh, it's graveyard hate. It's very cheap and efficient, but didn't like it here. It's just too low impact, I think. I don't think that's worth a card. Yeah. You might like screw up somebody's reanimation spell or something like that. But in general, we can play cards that say like exile all cards from all graveyards or repeatable <laughs> without having to cast it back or anything. Yeah. So and and if it's on top of your deck with Elsha, like the use case of like blowing somebody out is not that great. So you're just like, I guess I could just cast it, but it's just not you know it's not worth a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the next one is our military. Actually, this is much better with Savin. 
Yes. Because you'll cast it a bunch of times. From well, you only... Uh, Really, you'll just act, when you flash it back, you'll just get two cards out of somebody's yeah. graveyard. Still not that great. Um, Slightly better. <laughs> Armillary Sphere is the next one. It's two mana for an artifact. You pay two, sacrifice it, and search your library for two basic land cards. Reveal them, put them into your hand, and then shuffle your library. This is just a bad divination, right? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it, that can only draw you lands. Yeah, you can fix your mana. I haven't had any problems with any of these decks with finding the right colors. And I would. there's way more better ways in the deck to just draw rock cards, which mm-hmm. is like you, likely to draw you lands. If this is just not very efficient. I just don't like it. Yeah, costs a lot. Um, all right. Una's Grace, also pretty inefficient. Two in the blue for an instant target player draws a card, and you can retrace it so you can cast it from your graveyard by discarding a land card. So you can just keep doing this over and over again, but it costs three mana to draw a single card, and it doesn't seem particularly great. It's the kind of card that once you try it in a deck, you realize how n- much you really don't want to do it ever yeah. because the cost is so high. Three mana? Yeah, we saw it happen a few times in every game, and it's like, I guess I'm just going to retrace Una's Grace. And it's like, oh, that didn't seem like a great use of your time or mana. Because you do that, and then, yeah, sure, you draw a card, but then you don't even have any mana left to cast the card you drew. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, the next one is a card we talked about, and it, in the world of the pre-cons, it's pretty good, but <laughs> in the regular larger world of Commander, I think it's not. It's Zatalpa, Primal Dawn. It's six white-white for a 4-8. Legendary Elder Dinosaur has Flying, Double Strike, Vigilance, Trample, and Indestructible. This is just the type of card that... I don't like in general, and this deck does not take advantage of in any way. Eight mana, minimal ramp. If they just go swords to plowshares, you just got time walked. Like your whole turn to play this, and they spent one yeah. mana. And it's, you lost a card too along yeah, the way. It's horrible. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> All right, next up we have a split card, one of the aftermath cards. It's uh, refuse to cooperate. So Refuse is three and a red for an instant, and it deals damage to target spells. Controller equal to that spell's converted mana cost. So let's say you play Zatalpa, I play Refuse, and you take, take eight. eight damage. Sure. Still not great. <laughs> Co- Cooperate is the other half of it, and it has Aftermath, so you can cast that part of the spell only from your graveyard, then you exile the spell, uh, the card. And Cooperate is copy target instant or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. That part's good. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's the, the front half is too bad. Sure, you could discard it or whatever, but there are just better ways to do both of those things. Yeah, you can just get Fork for Red Red. Yep. Yeah. All right, the next card is... This card is a good card. I don't want people to think I don't think it's good. It's Runic Repetition, two and a blue for a sorcery. Return target exiled card with flashback you own to your hand. So when you flashback a card, it goes into exile. Mm-hmm. So you, Otherwise, you could just flash it back over and over, right? Uh, Runic Repetition allows you to get one of those flashback cards back to your hand. There are some cool combos with this and things people can get into where a lot of times it involves Lab Maniac and your entire deck getting milled and then you're, right. you're sort of setting up exactly which cards you want to get back and draw and things like that. So it is good in those situations. This deck doesn't have those other cards. So it's just three mana to get one card back, which is just not worth it. Yep. And the last two cuts, these ones are... Oof, I don't know. They were difficult. I don't know, man. Well, did you notice this deck and I think either one or two of the other decks, they have 40 lands in yeah, them. Yeah, they have a ton. Yeah. And which... that's the thing that people notice in the comments as well. Uh, yeah. The last two cuts are lands. It's a mountain and the plains. Because yep. there are a ton of lands in the deck. And the... you're actually safe for going down a little bit. Yeah, I think 40 is generally too many. I think I understand why they did it, and it's because... You don't want someone to not draw lands if they're playing Commander for the first time. Yes, if the deck will play better, and if you're a new player or a newish player. Yeah. And it will just feel like you got to do things. It just... It just feels bad for, for people to be mana uh, screwed, and yeah. having more lands will um, sort of negate that as much as possible. We also took out cards like Zatalpa, yeah. so taking out a couple of lands, you're not going to get too punished for it. 
Yeah. I will and, say, though, that the commanders all being like five drops in these decks is a, does definitely slow the pace down of them quite a bit. All of them. There is a lot of card draw, too. So I figure you're going to have lands. Mm-hmm. Generally, I didn't find with any of these decks that you had trouble like hitting your land drops. So. Yep. All right. Let's talk a little bit here about how the deck plays. We've covered a lot of it just in the general discussion. It's, so let's... Well, I guess we can skip ahead, right? We've already covered the fact that it's slow out the gate. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those decks that has the ability to accelerate uh, really hard at a certain point, but it's, I don't know, it's like it's like stuck in first gear for a while, and then all of a sudden it's going to have a power spike and jump to like third, fourth gear, and then no one stops it from there, then it really gets humming and gets going. I think something you said early in the episode is one of the reasons why there's not a bunch of great ways to dump things into your graveyard, and so it hits a tipping point where eventually the graveyard, because you've just played things, mm-hmm. and maybe you've managed to find a couple of your like looting... Looters, yeah. Then now, oh, my options are big and my synergies are online. I've got River Kelpie, Burning Vengeance is another one, those type of things. And then Gutter Snipe maybe, and you assemble a couple of these cards with a big enough graveyard, and now you're very powerful. But getting to that point is hard, and a lot of times we would see the deck just couldn't turn the corner. By the time that it starts to get there, it's either dead or close to dead. Yeah, like 15 life, and it's like, well, here we go. I don't have life gain, but I do have value. Another thing, it's hard to pilot, because once you have that many options, there's a lot more chances for you to make mistakes. Whereas with the Garrett deck, it's like, should I play another creature or wait for the board wipe? (laughs) Should I bash? Yes, I But I'm definitely turning everything sideways. Yeah. Yeah, totally true. So I think that that's why we focus so much of the deck building towards shoring up the weakness, which is the early game, mm-hmm. and making sure that you smoothly can get into the late game, where the deck is powerful once it gets rolling. Yeah. All right, to the listeners, what do you think of the Jeskai deck? What cards did we miss? Remember, we had a total of a $25 budget limit, so some of the more obvious ones like Top and Scroll Rack were not options for us. Yeah, where's Mana Crypt, dude? Come on. Yeah, but if there is anything that you think is you know of a reasonable budget that should absolutely go in the deck and we didn't talk about it, please put it in the comments. And also, are there any cards that are currently in the deck that you think are bad that you would take out? Yeah, and I would love to know as well if anyone's building a Pramicon Sky Rampart deck that isn't just slow the game to a crawl. Because that kind of card, I think, is really interesting if you can play around with the effects that you can do with it. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they printed that as one of the commanders. It's, it's definitely off the wall. I would like to see some deck lists for Pramicon that make yeah. use of that ability because I can only find like five or six cards. That yeah. Can, yeah. And so. if you're in our Patreon and our Discord, there is actually an entire channel dedicated to each of the decks that our mods graciously made. And you can go in and submit ideas for decks as well as have this conversation continue with there. All right, if you want to pick up this deck, if you want to pick up any of the cards that we suggested you add, if you want to pick up any of the other Commander 2019 decks, please go on over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Again, if you use that affiliate link, we are running a promotion right now. Any order of the C19 uh, sealed, sealed product, so the singles will not count for this, but any sealed product for Commander 2019 will receive a code that unlocks a special background in our Lifelinker app. And it is... Um, four different backgrounds for yeah, four different decks. Yeah, and they're in the colors. Yep, so that's going to be like a gradient. So for Rakdos, it goes from black to red. For Jeskai, it's going to be good old red, white, and blue, star-spangled banner. So it, it looks cool. It, it gives you a little more pop on the screen. And just another option if you use Lifelinker already. And you're going to buy these products and buy them anyway. Use the affiliate link. Get some sealed product to your door. And also make these upgrades and get those singles there too. Uh, it is available for a limited time only. Uh, I'm not sure the exact expiration date, but that is on the Card Kingdom website. So pay attention yep. to that. And we keep saying this, but it's true. 
the decks sell out every single year. So if you do want one or more of them, I'd, I'd suggest heading on over there quickly. Hop on over. Another yeah. sponsor of the show, as always, Ultra Pro, providing the playmats, dice, decks, boxes, sleeves, all of that good stuff that we use on game nights here in our playgroup as well. And if you would like to theme your commander and your decks, even if you're not building these decks, you'll be doing something completely different. Ultra Pro has a huge line of products. There's going to always be something that I think is going to catch your eye. And I've seen, you know, I have a couple of deck boxes that, like, for instance, like that Edward one. <laughs> like, I, I've had that just for other decks just because I like the deck box. So if you're that kind of player, Ultra Pro is your place. Now it's time for the instep where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. But we're doing a bunch of extra content this week, this month. Uh, so we're going to not do an instep today. Nope. We will do end steps again in the future. But... Like I, I said can't even before, think of that many. We, yeah, many. we just don't have that much cool stuff in our life to be able to do it like multiple times a week. Yeah. <laughs> this week's NSEP is dedicated to our editing rigs. Wow. They are good at what they do. <laughs> uh, also, we could dedicate this week's NSEP to another cool podcast, our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern. Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman, they talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. You can find them on Twitter at the MMCast or right next to us at Collected.Company. They also do video versions of their podcasts. Just type Masters of Modern into your YouTube search bar or your podcast app. That's right. And our editors for the show are Ashlyn Rose and Craig Blanchett, the Infect King and the Eldrazi Queen. Everyone's favorites. Thanks, guys, for editing the episodes. Make sure you guys give them some love as well. And, of course, give some love to Jeffrey Palmer, who provides the Living Cards animations that live behind us on set, as well as in the beginning and ending of our episodes. You can find Jeffrey at Living Cards MTG and our YouTube videos at youtube.com slash the Command Zone Podcast. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. 
Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.